this week, on Friday, May 8th, we celebrate VE Day. 75 years after the first victory in Europe Day. On August 15th, it will be VJ Day, as we commemorate victory in Japan. And then in September, we commemorate the official end of World War II. The east of England, during the later years of the Second World War, experienced what has become known as the Friendly Invasion, a huge influx of American service personnel came to join the war effort in Europe following the bombing of Pearl Harbour in December 1941. Many of these came to England as part of the United States Army Air Forces. They were to work with the Royal Air Force and engage in strategic bombing operations. Strategic bombing involved campaigns to destroy the industries and communications that directly or indirectly supported the enemy's war effort. RAF Bomber Command concentrated on night attacks while the American counterpart, the 8th Air Force, operated mainly in daylight. At its peak strength in 1944, the United States Army Air Forces employed 450,000 Americans in Britain almost half a million Americans, we immediately think of fighter pilots or bomber crews. But actually, the majority of USAF's men and women were engaged on a much wider range of tasks, all of these necessary to keep the aircraft flying in the skies over Europe. In the counties of Norfolk, Suffolk, Cambridgeshire and Essex, the 8th Air Force's 2nd Air Division occupied 19 air bases. Almost 7,000 men, members of the 2nd Air Division, never made it home to the States after the war. And the surviving members of the 2nd Air Division decided to leave behind a unique living memorial to their lost friends. I'm Orla and I'm the librarian for the American Library Memorial to the 2nd Air Division 8th Air Force, United States Army Air Forces, a public library and war memorial in the centre of the English city of Norwich. The library first opened in 1963 as part of the Norwich Central Library. Sadly, the building burnt down in 94. The library was relaunched in the new Forum building in 2001. This year, 2020, we are relaunching again although, of course, plans are currently somewhat delayed due to the global coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic. The 2nd Air Division's first bombing mission was flown on November 7, 1942. The last was on April 25, 1945. The Americans weren't really here for very long, but they made a huge impact on this place and its people. The remains of the airbases can still be seen scattered all around the East Anglian countryside. All of these are in private hands now, but many can still be visited. Local people maintain buildings and memorials. It is now 75 years since the Americans left, but many of those local people that you'll meet on a trip to an airbase still have their own stories 
of World War II England to tell. The American Library is right in the middle of Norwich, a city centre familiar to some, although certainly not all, of the members of the 2nd Air Division. Their bases were across this part of England. They were centred around Norwich, and for most of the time here, the headquarters was a few miles southwest of the city, in a place called Ketteringham Hall. At the end of the war, it was from Ketteringham Hall that an idea for a new type of memorial emerged. Instead of a solemn, sombre monument to the dead, General William Kepner, commander of the 2nd Air Division, suggested something else. His idea was that those killed in action should be remembered with something that would honour their memory and provide inspiration to the living. Inspiration for and into the future. The idea that emerged from this was for a memorial library. 75 years ago, in the spring of 1945, an appeal for funds was made. And this appeal outlined how the officers of the 2nd Air Division envisaged the role and the ongoing purpose of the memorial. This memorial must be a spiritually living thing. The deep and sacred feeling giving birth to this memorial, our comrades' spirit of youth, hope and desire for a world of decency, freedom and peace must live on. Must imbue this memorial with that same sacred spirit dedicated to oncoming generations whose way of life they died to protect. This memorial must be a haven wherein the flame of their principles must burn brightly and eternally, wherein the bewildered, stumbling footsteps of succeeding generations can be unerringly placed on the right paths. General Kepner, whose signature accompanied this appeal for funds, drew attention to the wider significance of this memorial's post-war mission. As he explained, the library would be a memorial of living spiritual significance. Through the American Reference Library and the American Reading Room, it was to bring a daily influence of American thought and ideals to the people of the Norwich community with whom they had been so closely associated during those difficult years. On the 25th of May 1945, while the war in the Far East was still continuing, General William Kepner handed over duplicate trust deeds establishing the fund for which virtually everyone in the division subscribed. This produced £20,000 in less than one month. The contribution of the mighty 8th, the 8th Air Force, to the war Air Force effort has been well recognised. The 2nd Air Division, as one of three air divisions of the 8th Air Force, flew a total of 95,000 
948 sorties in 493 operational missions, dropping over 199,000 tonnes of bombs. The 2nd Air Division bombers flew B-24 Liberators. They attacked targets from Norway in the north as far east as Poland and Romania. Six 2nd Air Division groups received special presidential citations for outstanding actions. Five individual airmen received the Medal of Honour. That is the highest US award for bravery. These were 2nd Lieutenant Lloyd H. Hughes, 389th Bomb Group, Hethel Air Base, Norfolk. Major John L. Gerstad of the 93rd Bomb Group at Hardwick, Norfolk. Lieutenant Colonel Addison E. Baker, also of the 93rd Bomb Group, Hardwick, Norfolk. Lieutenant Colonel Leon Orr Vance, Jr., 489th Bomb Group, Halesworth, Suffolk. General Leon William Johnson, 44th Bomb Group, Shipdom, Norfolk. Five men, five airmen, five medals of honour. And of those men, General Johnson was the only one who survived the war. The other medals of honour were all awarded posthumously. In combat, the 2nd Air Division gunners claimed over 1,000 enemy fighters destroyed, nearly 7,000 men serving with the 2nd Air Division lost their lives during the conflict. Each individual airman had to complete a tour of operations. At first that meant 25 missions, later 30. By the end of the war, it meant 35 missions. At one point, the chance of an individual man completing this tour of operations was as little as one in three. The anti-aircraft fire from the Luftwaffe was formidable. The B-24 Liberator, with maybe eight, maybe ten men on board, was a grim place to be if there was a mechanical or equipment failure. Many died in the skies over the ocean, over Europe. Others died in training accidents. Some almost made it home before falling out of the skies at the last hurdle. Besides the risk to life and limb, an airman had to endure between four and eight hours, maybe up to 10 hours, in cramped conditions, exposed to constant noise, vibrations, freezing temperatures. For every man in the air, there were many more on the ground, engaged in all sorts of support. There were cooks, clerks, mechanics, armourers, and scores of others performing duties, all essential to the functioning of the group. About 3,000 service personnel lived on each of the airfield bases close to village communities. 
populations of maybe a couple of hundred, a few family groups in a local village, suddenly increased to the size of a small town. Between 1942 and 1945, there were, at any one time, around 50,000 USAF personnel, including nearly 200 members of the Women's Army Corps, stationed within a 30-mile radius of Norwich. Some of the most enduring memories these GIs have of their time in England concerned the children, the local kids who were considered to be losing out on a normal childhood in the midst of a war. Spending time with children was good for morale. It gave the GIs a great deal of pleasure to share their sweet rations and to throw parties for the local kids whenever they could, especially at Christmas time. At the library, we've gathered many of the memoirs and reminiscences, not just of the Americans themselves, but of the local people they encountered during their time here. Tony North, a Norfolk boy, remembers that on one occasion, on the base at Rackheath in Norfolk, a liberator was sent into the air with ice cream mixture in the bomb bay and told to stay up there until it had frozen. The Americans were mostly young. Many of them had never been away from home before. Maybe they hadn't been out of state. They certainly hadn't been abroad. And life in the Army Air Forces was tough. The US government anticipated that any misunderstandings with locals would only provide a negative influence on the war effort. And so, in 1942, the US War and Navy Departments jointly produced a short guide to Great Britain. This was handed out to all incoming service personnel. The booklet aimed to provide the Americans with simple codes of behaviour as well as points of reference and it really does contain some fascinating advice. Don't make fun of British speech or accents. You sound just as funny to them, but they will be too polite to show it. Never criticise the king or queen. Don't criticise the food, beer or cigarettes to the British. Remember, they have been at war since 1939. The British don't know how to make a good cup of coffee you don't know how to make a good cup of tea. It's an even swap. Meeting the locals, the public, was usually high on the list of priorities for the service personnel. The short guide gave them some details about what to expect, but really it did no more than outline the main areas of interaction that might be encountered. Many friendships and relationships developed during the war and persisted through the years. Social integration between the US Army Air Forces and local British civilians took place on every level of society. Lady Mayhew, who worked as a volunteer for the British Red Cross, recalled giving tea to officers in her country home in Norfolk, and countless other local families gave hospitality to Americans when they were off base. GIs were often introduced to British families through their girlfriends 
and it was not uncommon for them to be accepted into the household as a sort of surrogate son, with the real son uh, often being away in the forces himself. Visiting a British home put a great strain on household rations, and so the Americans were discouraged from eating food supplied by a British family. Instead, they brought around what they could, and they shared with their newfound friends. Friendships were forged also at the local pubs, and many of the veterans of the Second Air have fond memories of the Red Cross clubs in Norwich. Providing some home comforts for the service personnel, these clubs were staffed by local volunteers, people from the Red Cross, but they welcomed the Americans through the doors for a taste of home, some food, conversation, and a break from life on base, often giving you the opportunity to meet people from other air bases. The most popular venues in Norwich for socialising were definitely the dance halls. The Samson and Hercules on Tombland and the Lido on the Elsham Road. A popular venue for jazz music was on Burr Street, the Jolly Butcher's Pub, where the music was led by the landlady, a woman known as Black Anna. Another favourite for the Americans was on Magdalen Street, the Cat and Fiddle. That was much used by the GIs who were based just out the road at Horsham St Faith. If needed, they could walk home afterward. Many romances developed into long-lasting relationships. 100,000 British women married US servicemen during World War II. Many of these marriages took place in the girls' local parish church or in other churches, for example the cathedral in Norwich or the St John's Roman Catholic Cathedral. Other couples preferred the local registry office. And we know of at least one case where the marriage was conducted by transatlantic telephone. Marvin Kite of the 44th Bomb Group was already back in the US when he married Doris. She was in London and the wedding took place over the phone in November 1946. They were formally married, of course, in March 1947, when Doris was finally able to cross the pond herself. At the end of the war, General Kepner and the 2nd Air Division had been so quick to establish a trust with the aim of developing a library in Norwich but it did take quite a few years for that dream to become a reality. The dedication of the Memorial Room took place on the 13th of June, 1963. The Memorial Room inside the Central Library contained a roll of honour with the names of all of those lost in action, or at least known to have been lost in action at that time. There was a collection of books on various aspects of American life, as well as a memorial fountain, complete with stones from all of the states in the United States. And this was built in a courtyard just outside the memorial room. On August 1st, 1994, a devastating fire broke out. It levelled the entire Norwich Central Library. The flames were seen for miles. 
The archive and record collections of the Memorial Library were located in the basement. They escaped the fire. But all of the books, the display items in the American room itself, were lost to the flames. These included uniforms, some photographs, and anything else on the shelves. The library moved to temporary quarters until the forum was opened on November 1st, 2001. Many veterans of the Second Air Division came to Norwich, which was selected as the site for their annual convention that year. They took part in the occasion of the opening of the library and the dedication of the Roll of Honour. Now the library has a very enviable spot. The American Library is inside the Norfolk and Norwich Millennium Library, one of the busiest public libraries in the UK. Funded by the Memorial Trust of the Second Air Division, USAAF, American Library is managed through the Norfolk County Council Library and Information Service. In addition to the main collection housed in the American Library itself, there are also four wing collections housed in libraries around Norfolk. These are at the local branches in Sprouston, Attleborough, Long Stratton and Dereham. So the library is a memorial, a war memorial, to those Americans who gave their lives defending freedom. But it is also a living public library that serves the local community in Norwich and around Norfolk. Over the years, many veterans of the Second Air Division have served as governors of the trust that funds the library. The last veteran to serve as governor, Colonel Charles Chuck Walker. He passed away in 2014. The children of some of those veterans are still serving as governors today and the library continues to be connected to the wider veterans community in the US through the Heritage League of the Second Air Division. In June 2019, we welcomed 70 members of the Heritage League to Norwich for their annual convention. And amongst the group were two veterans, Alan Hallett and Don O'Reilly. The Memorial Trust of the Second Air Division also provides for an ongoing American presence. This is by funding scholarships for two US students based at the local University of East Anglia. These students, who must be postgraduates, volunteer their time at the library and help to keep the connection across the Atlantic a strong one. At the American Library, we aim to be a public hub for cultural exchange between the people of East Anglia and the United States of America and to help people all over the world learn more about the Second Air Division in World War II. Our collections are a unique social history archive and although the library itself is currently closed, you can visit us digitally. Our archive is maintained at the Norfolk Record Office but it's also available online at secondair.digitalarchive.org.uk. You can find us online through social media, American Library on Facebook, at Ameri Library on Twitter, 
and our new URL, our website address is AmericanLibrary.uk.